Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Isaiah, let me ask you a question. Have you heard about Anchor by Spotify? Nah, what's that? Okay, let me give you the rundown. It's basically the easiest way to make a podcast. It gives you literally everything you need all in one place. Do you want to know how it works? Yeah, tell me all about it. Okay, well, Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start recording today. You don't even need any fancy software or anything like that. Whoa, we got to get on top of that ASAP. Right? And there's still more. You can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify, with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place that you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. What? I'm on Spotify every day. Let me log on real quick. Also, with Anchor, creators like us can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. I'm going to download the Anchor app and check anchor.fm and start today. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Make It Work Project Runway podcast. It's me, your girl, Nicole Horn. I am here with two lovely ladies to talk about the wonderful world of streetwear that we got to see on this week's episode of Project Runway. First up, we got a girl who is always stylish. We got Miss Gia Worthy. How are you, Gia? Uh, I've had better days with my look right now, but it was a lazy day. It was a work from home day. It was my uh, casual day. So I'm okay with that. 
but I'm doing great. There's a lot to talk about with this episode and couldn't have two better people to be talking about this with. And I'm excited to get into it. I'm also just a very big fan of streetwear in general and streetwear challenges. So this is a very good week. And I think we're going to have a lot to discuss. Yeah, for a streetwear challenge, some people understood the assignments. Others did not. uh, But here to talk about it all, we also have the lovely Miss Naomi Calhoun. How are you, Naomi? I'm wonderful. I am just uh, a Gen Z queen looking for my e-boy king. um, And I am so excited to be here. Today with both of you, this is going to be quite the episode to discuss, but I know that we are going to make sense of the chaos that we witnessed on our screen, um, and I can't wait to get started. Yeah, if you saw this episode this week, I mean, if you did it, I mean, you're going to want to go back and watch this one. It was truly nothing like another Project Runway episode I've ever seen. There was uh, drama, like we thought there was drama last week putting them on teams. Yeah, even if they're by themselves, they seem to to get really messy. <laughs> we, we somehow manifested more chaos than we ever could have predicted. And I wish that we could go back and put it all back into Pandora's box. Yeah, like let's restart the season, please. <laughs> this, is, this is the new the new season. Episode one and two, they happened, it's done with. Episode three is the premiere. Yeah, no, I blocked these two episodes out of my memory, but you know what? Someone's got to talk about it and it's going to be us. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. You know, when I pitched that this podcast, this island podcast, I was like, Project Runway is such a great show and it's so fun and exciting and it deserves a recap. And then uh, episode two happened and I was like, oh my God, we have locked ourselves into the crazy season of Project Runway so far. Is it me? Am I the drama? No, I can't be the villain. That was everybody this episode. Everyone was the villain. <laughs> I feel like that was literally some of Praje's confessionals, though, were him debating with himself whether he was going to be the villain of this episode. Spoiler <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Mm-hmm. I love him. I'm so excited that once again, that we are going to have Praje for another week because he is he has immunity. So very excited about this. Big yeah, fan. I'll take anyone bringing the drama. Drama, I love drama more than I love food, so that's good. Mm-hmm. It's like the the human triangle of needs. You put drama right at the top. Well, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to start off with the drama, they literally force those designers who are probably up at like midnight, two a.m. to be like, "By the way, we're just going to tell you real quick about our next challenge." I like how they even pointed out how haggard they were. They didn't even need to like sort of magic of TV be like, oh, we're all having a great time on the runway of Project Runway. They're like, we all want to die right now. Just show us this TikTok kid and let us go to bed. Nicole, do you know who this guy is? I do. Um, He's on my For You page, but I didn't realize he had 7 million followers as of today. So a couple of months ago, he was probably around three to four million. He's definitely like an influence on the app. I didn't think we'd be seeing a Wisdom K appearance on Bravo this year. But you know what? If it was on your bingo card, I I hope that you got bingo. (laughs) Gia, do you know who Wisdom K is? Our TikTok influencer? I'm not a huge TikTok person in general, other than, you know, like I'll occasionally scroll through, see what videos are on and stuff, send my favorites to my friends and family and whatnot. But I don't know too much about Wisdom K. He has shown up in my recommended videos before. So I recognized him from his quick change shots that he would do. So interesting choice of a judge. I didn't think we were at the point where we were having TikTok stars be our guest judges. But I'm also not mad about the choice. I thought he was a 
fun judge. I didn't always agree with his opinions, but it was, you know, it was a fun, it was a fun one to do. And he was, I think, a good person to kind of introduce the, the streetwear challenge, but also integrating TikTok and some of the newer social media apps into Project Runway, which has been around for so long. Oh, and definitely like a young voice. I think we forget that like Brandon, Elaine, and Nina are all like 30 plus. And like when you talk Old. about street- <laughs> they're boomers. And when you talk about streetwear, you want to focus on obviously what is young and fashionable and trending. And I guess that is where TikTok comes in. But I had no idea who this young man was. And I thought he was he he had the confidence to wear glasses while using a ring light, and we love that for him. <laughs> That's bold. That is really bold. I, I want a little bit of his confidence, please. Yeah, I appreciated someone that bold. Um, and I also liked his advice to the uh, designers. Some of them took it, some of them didn't. That like the three main elements of streetwear are wearability, comfort, and like how you rock it with the accessories. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that those are three tenants that I was kind of looking for when I was judging the contestants. I was kind of foreshadowing what the judges might think. And especially um, we want something that looks modern on the runway. I don't want like, of course, having a nice like throwback a moment on the runway is great, but you don't want something too dated for such a modern challenge. Absolutely. Well, the challenge, of course, is to create some streetwear. They have two days to make a high fashion three piece ensemble that will stand out on the sidewalk. I really like the streetwear challenge in general, because I think that separates are such an important part of fashion in general, Um, especially as someone like me who rarely ever wears dresses, I often prefer to wear actual like multiple use pieces. I was a what not to wear girl. And I was always told that you buy separates so that you have more outfits to wear. What do you guys think about just like the streetwear challenge? First off, what not to wear. I'm so sorry for the years of trauma that that show probably put upon you. Every single time they would put a girl on that show and they just chop all of her hair off, I would cry. I would be so upset for them because I know that I wouldn't want that to be me. I digress. Um, But yeah, I love that it's a three-piece challenge. Unfortunately, by three pieces, some people or some designers took that to mean design a shirt, pants, and an ugly hat. But um, the other designers really took that um, in challenge head on and made some cool outfits. So I was excited and we, I wasn't disappointed. And for others, I was disappointed. I love streetwear. I am so happy that they have, uh, integrated this into part of their challenge again, like with what Nicole is saying, the three piece part, I think was interesting, can be difficult, but is a great addition to this challenge because it really highlights what streetwear is and sometimes it is a lot of layers it's big jackets it's baggy pants and you know like different different pieces to it so I was so excited about this challenge I love what we got and I you know normally streetwear is a lot of bold colors a lot of uh as we saw a lot of cultural influences to it too and those are things that I really appreciate in fashion especially on shows like Project Runway so This was such an exciting challenge for me to be watching. Um, Obviously, there were some incidences that we will be discussing throughout the challenge, but I think it shows the cultural perspectives that we are going to be getting into this new season. And even though it had some 
unfortunate result. I think it gave some of the designers a chance to really shine. And I'm so happy with a lot of the looks that we got this, this challenge. Totally agree. I'm, and I just want to say for any of our listeners who might not know what happened to this episode, um, I would say there is a little bit of a trigger warning for racism and in general, just the harassment and confrontation that happened this week. But let's start off right off the bat. Uh, we have everybody sketching and Prajay talks about how his model is white and he is really inspired by his home of Haiti. And Prajay wishes his model could be a reflection of himself in an African-American man or woman. And so Meg is fully there to support Prajay, uh, too, too much so. Um, way too uh, enthusiastic about it. Uh, it's cultural appropriation, she says several times. I feel insulted on your behalf. Now, I think that what Prajay is talking about is very important. And I actually saw a lot of people on Reddit saying like, I don't understand why you can't dress uh, a person of any race in your clothes. And I think a lot about on Top Chef, how the chefs have the freedom to create whatever food they want. And so often they're inspired by their upbringing and their hometowns and where they grew up. And there's no problem with that. And they can cook other foods and they can make lots of other delicious dishes, but they're so often inspired by what they know. And it's the same for fashion designers. And in this case, it just so happened that part of the medium of fashion is the model that you put it on. And that's what Prajay really wanted to utilize as well as the clothes he was making. And so if you have a problem with it, uh, you can stop listening right now because you're not going to like this podcast and we don't need you. Um, but we won't feel bad. We won't feel bad. Just <laughs> I, I don't really know where to start off on this conversation, but I actually found it very interesting that Prajay didn't uh, actively try to switch with anybody in this moment. He just sort of talked about it, talked about how he felt kind of sad that he wasn't going to get to this opportunity. And then he moved on. I do think for there's a this is a very layered conversation so mm -hmm. I just want to put it out there that for a podcasting format we could probably talk about this incident in particular for hours which we are not going to do so there is a lot that goes into this and I think for me as a person of color as a black biracial woman there were a lot of intense feelings during mm -hmm. this episode as well but I do want to highlight the fact that I think Prajay, you know, it, he has a right to be disappointed that originally was not going to get a model that reflected his culture. I do also want to highlight that part of the reason this was an issue for Prajay is because his clothes were supposed to highlight the, a big piece of Haitian history, which is the Haitian revolution and which is a celebration of overcoming French colonialism and ending slavery. So there is a lot more to it than simply Prajay is black and he doesn't want a white person wearing his clothes. It's that for this challenge, he is designing a Haitian look commemorating Haitian events about overcoming colonialism and gaining independence. And so having that, having a black model wearing his clothes is much more powerful in this particular challenge than where, than having a white model wear his clothes, which is kind of counteractive to the message he's trying to send. And it doesn't, it doesn't make the issue any better, which I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, but mm -hmm. with one of Meg's comments that bothered me so much was her saying how she looks like, oh, looks like I can only design for white people. 
And that's not, that is not what anyone was trying to say. Mm -hmm. That was not what anyone was trying to do. And while we'll get into the specifics about like what led into that argument, but this was a very important moment for Prajay, but he was also trying to accept that this is what the competition is going, is going to bring to the table. Sometimes you're not going to get the models you want. Sometimes you're going to have a idea in your head and it doesn't always go according to plan. So I do understand that, you know, he has a right to be disappointed. And I think he explained why he wanted his design to be a certain way very nicely. And he had a right to voice his frustrations to other people as well. I don't know if he thought in the beginning whether or not, you know, if he had just hadn't considered the fact that maybe he could switch his model or he didn't think he would be able to, or he didn't want to kind of put pressure on other people to switch his models to mm -hmm. it. Cause it seemed like a normal conversation initially where he was just saying his frustration as like a throwaway comment of, you know, I wish I had a model that looked like me for this assignment. But I think he had a right to feel that way and that he explained why he felt that way very well. And it just went, it just escalated after that with Meg, not just uh, trying to be the white savior, as he put it, but then also wanting to connect herself and be down with the cause. But she was connecting it to herself by saying, oh, also as a plus size woman, I too have struggled. And I was like, this is a, yes, there is an issue with uh, how plus size women are treated in fashion, but that is a separate conversation than what we're having right now. The the issues of women who are plus size are never going to be the issues of systemic racism. There's lots of fat phobia in this country, but it is not the same. It'll never be the same. And Meg, uh, as soon as she sort of made them the same in her eyes, or she was sort of saying that they are one in the same, I knew that Meg was going to go off the rails because they're not the same. Nicole, did you have any thoughts, anything you wanted to touch on? I mean, you guys put it so perfectly. There were just so many things about this conversation where we could have, why by we, I mean someone could have uh, done better by listening more than they spoke, which is probably a lesson that I should take in my life because I love to run my mouth. But sometimes there's just issues that you need to know and read the room and know when to, you know, like you want to relate to people, but sometimes there's just issues that you, you need to just, you know, close your mouth, open your ears. Yeah. Especially she says, I feel insulted on your behalf. And I think that um, something that happened to Praje that I think happens a lot and especially white people don't recognize is white people overcompensate for what we know is racism and extreme prejudice against people in this country and we overcompensate and then we are incredibly annoying and project doesn't want to express that because how do you tell somebody hey thanks for the thanks for the non-racism i appreciate it you can chill out now um but then he brings it up later and meg is so shocked at this idea but it's not very shocking we just saw it earlier and that's why i don't trust a single thing from meg's narrative um, we saw a lot of overproduced clips of Meg sort of explaining her side of things. But in reality, when we see her interact with the other contestants on the show, I think it says it all. I think it, it says exactly what happened in this episode. And I don't really trust her confessionals one bit. This is what Praje said in one of his confessionals after his initial con conversation with Meg and 
there was one a designer I think it was Aaron but they weren't they weren't a part of the the argument in at the end of it so Prajay says oftentimes you find people in support of our issues as black folks they come up they kind of come off as if they know what our troubles are and they're our saving grace I am feeling uncomfortable a little bit but she's going and going and going so I think that explains Prajay's frustrations really well but also that you know this this was an issue from the get-go with this challenge was that Meg was trying to do something and trying to be down with the cause be the saving grace of the black designers and like Nicole said her actions did not speak louder than her words in this case and the one moment of levity in between all of the chaos we go to mood everybody gets their stuff we come back to the workroom and Darren is making a jacket inspired by Gen Z and TikTok e-boys. Then he calls Christian a TikTok e-boy. Nicole, do you agree that Christian is a TikTok e-boy? Not whatsoever. I feel like just because you have side bangs doesn't make you an e-boy. Like, I don't get, I appreciate that he was trying to have a moment of connection with Christian Siriano. I'd be trying to pull hairs to relate to somebody that's successful. Um, and yeah, it was just not, I feel like the correct uh, description of Christian style from that time like I don't I wouldn't see Christian in that outfit doing a little TikTok dance it just doesn't feel appropriate especially knowing who Christian is Darren constantly failing with Christian is my favorite reoccurring storyline of the series thus far so I hope to see more of it but yeah agreed I don't I don't see him making TikToks anytime soon he's a very busy man with a very successful life. So don't see it, but I appreciate the attempt. Keep it coming, Darren. I would love to see Christian with a different hairstyle. Like, I feel like he's always kind of kept this sort of like swoop in a way. And I would love to mm -hmm. see him try just, so many fashion designers are always like changing their hair. Like people come on a different season. They've got a whole different hair color, right? Sometimes, but Christian has very much had his style and stuck to it. And I would love to see him change it up. But no, he's not an e-boy. He is he is seen emo punk of the 2000s all the way. It's not the same. The difference between emo and e-boy is very nuanced, Naomi. How did you not know? I just want to start a petition for him to pull a squid game and dye his hair red at the end of the season. <laughs> After clearly with all the trauma we got from two episodes, this is the direction that it's going. Christian is going to go off the edge at some point. Designers Red are light. dropping like flies. <laughs> Red light. Green light. Red lights. Red flags. Guys, Meg wants to make a jacket, a shacket, um, which I just have to say, it's so funny that she talks about how she invented the shacket when I'm literally getting emails from Madewell being like, our famous shacket, 20% off. Um, what is a shacket? What is the, what is the shaw part of this? I think it's a shirt jacket. And I think the idea is that it's like, it can be a shirt, but it could be a jacket, which to me just sounds like a heavy shirt. I do own a jacket. I love it. I wear it all the time. I probably have worn it around you, Naomi. It's like that lavender coat that I always wear. Okay. It just, it kind of doubles as a jacket in like the fall season. You can still kind of open it up, see my cute little slender body underneath. You know, I can't be losing my shape underneath the jacket. It's all about looking snatched, but it is great, you know, as a little thing to cover up, throw over your shoulders. But I feel like 
Meg's beige jacket um, was not really gearing up to be the most interesting outfit. Like, at least my jacket is purple. Like, come on. That's a point of view right there. Yeah. It, it, Meg chose, like, brown tones, right, Gia? Like, really just ugly. <laughs> Why for a streetwear challenge are you wear, are you choosing brown for anything that is like your main piece it's literally supposed to be part of the challenge is what am I going to notice walking down the street and I'm sorry like a brown jacket whatever this contraption is that she supposedly coined is not going to do it I'm sorry I don't I I agree with Christian's critiques and I think these designers just don't want to take any of his advice. And I'm just like, why? Christian could tell me to do anything and I'd say yes. So I don't understand why people are not taking his advice. I thought it was very good advice and something to consider with going into a challenge where you, the whole point of it is to stand out when walking down a busy street. Absolutely. I think when when I look at people on the subway, I'm obsessed with looking at people's shoes on the subway. That's sort of my national pastime. Um, but also part of it is I get to see so much fashion every day in New York City, but very rarely am I drawn to people who are wearing something brown or gray. Even black, I think, to an extent, is not a pop color. It doesn't scream, pay attention to me. You'll notice that when Aaron puts his reversible jacket out on the runway, he starts on the bright yellow side. Like, we know immediately that this is a bad choice by Meg, and not only is this the bad choice, Meg somehow makes a worse choice where she says to Christian, and I screenshotted his face because I've never seen somebody want to throw up more on reality TV. She says that she wants to put on the back of her jacket, there is only one race and that is mankind. I must have missed that. Oh my God, that is <laughs> a real quote from the show. She oh, said those words. Oh my God. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, Christian trying not to break character into disgust. But yes, kudos to him. Get this man his Emmy. I mean, I, I don't know how he held back. Okay, here's my guess. I don't think Meg would have gone through with it had she stayed in the competition because Christian gave her such a sour look. But I also think that what Meg was trying to do was she's i'm sure she heard the designs that were around her she was feeling all this pressure from being known as a streetwear designer and she was thinking well how do i stand out amongst project who wants to make this sort of beautiful painting on the back of his jacket that has all this meaning to it um we know that zayden wants to write say their names on the back uh, my guess is there's a part of meg that was sitting there being like how do i stand out and be cool and trendy and then she was like i guess i'll just use um wokeness as a slogan and somehow said an incredibly unwoke thing which is its own horrific like idea but then she uh is also so bad at streetwear it's like insane it, it the the way that meg just sort of tanks herself in this episode is fascinating the way that we get there is uh christian talks to Prajay, and Prajay talks about how he would like to switch models because um, everything that Gia mentioned earlier, uh, he would like to make this tribute to Haiti and to the specific time period, um, the Haitian Revolution. And Coral has the model to switch with. Christian helps facilitate this um, and they work it out. I like the way that Christian tries to sell Praje's model to Coral 
Um, and there is that cute little flashback where it turns out that model was in Jeffrey Mack's winning fashion show. I thought that was a very funny bit of detail for Christian to remember. And then what ends up happening is that Kenneth is inspired to also switch his model. He would like to switch his model because he wants to make an outfit that pays tribute to his Asian heritage and he would prefer if he could dress an Asian model. And unfortunately, Meg is the person who has an Asian model. First of all, they should have more than one Asian model. I don't know why there's only one on a cast with what they're at 15 at this point. There was another woman and I think it was only one Asian man and I think that probably is where the issue comes in. Yeah, they should definitely have more than one or one or two Asian models like that. That seems ridiculous, especially for a challenge where there's supposed to be some cultural inspiration. So clearly this is something or a personal inspiration. So clearly this is something that a lot of designers with a strong cultural connection are going to be thinking about. So Kenneth does ask Meg politely if she would consider switching her model and she doesn't feel like she can say no at that point because she would look like a Karen, but she doesn't want to say yes because of the point where they are, where they are at in the challenge right now. I think they're a day in at this point or almost a day in. They haven't had the fitting with their models yet. So she says that she'll think about it and decides to wait until the models are there to confront Kenneth about wanting to switch, which already feels very inappropriate because when Praje's model was swapped with Coral, then it it was before the model started coming in. It was a conversation between Christian and Coral originally so that they were able to, she was able to make that decision between the two of them and decide whether she wants to make that decision or not. So Meg waits until the models are there and then tells the model that Kenneth wants her because, or Kenneth wants him because he wants the Asian model and says it to Kenneth's original model as well. So Kenneth has to explain what happened. And then he, but he says that if she doesn't want to switch, then they don't have to switch, of course. And I think, again, he says it very nicely. I think he genuinely would have been understanding if she just didn't want to switch. But instead, she yells at Kenneth to say, stop talking, and talks about how she thinks it's bullshit that Kenneth is asking of this now, even though, as we see, this is something that he probably didn't realize was possible until he saw that Praje's model was switched because of a similar reasoning behind Kenneth's reason. And it escalates into a fight, but it's an argument where Meg is yelling at Kenneth about wanting to switch when he did. Praje sees what happens, as do a lot of the other designers there. And Praje calls Meg out for being fake, essentially, because this, the, just that morning she was pretending to be supportive of the cause of being supportive of people of color and pretending to empathize with Praje's frustrations with not having a model connected to his background. But now that it came to a time that she had an opportunity to show that she understood or that she could have at least tried to. She reacted completely different way. And as Chastity said, she could have just said no because of the timing of the situation or 
this is just not something I can do within the time frame of the competition. It's just like too late. I don't feel comfortable switching right now. She could have also just switched models and not said anything. But instead, she makes a big scene about it, talks about to the model how she can only apparently design for white people, which was a complete oversimplification of the issues that were addressed. And in fact, shows that Meg was not an ally in this situation. And Project calls her out on it. The fact that he is not going to, the fact that Meg pretends to be with the cause and then it comes time for her to step up to the plate and she not only doesn't, but then completely undermines Kenneth's wishes when he made it clear that he would not be upset if she was not able to switch. And she took it out on him. And then when Praja yells at her, she goes back to yell at Kenneth again because he didn't stick up for her in that situation. So it completely escalates into this argument between primarily Praja standing up for Kenneth and Meg. And that's where everything gets to, I think, like the climax of the episode. Mm -hmm. I would say that what, what Meg does is Meg berates Kenneth because it's it's like not even an argument she just berates him she also berates him in front of the models and i would say that meg was really looking for people to offer her support or offer her any type of i agree with you and she wasn't getting it because nobody agrees with her i mean it, what both of you said was uh was great of course we can talk about all of the things that um would lead someone to lash out of course being on a reality tv show is stressful, but both of you said very succinctly that she could have just, there, she had plenty of options that weren't, you know, having a meltdown, like shit happens, like trust me, shit happens, but it um, isn't an excuse to, to talk down to somebody. Um, yeah, it was just messy. And I wasn't, com I didn't really enjoy it, watching it, I don't think anyone did. It was yeah. incredibly uncomfortable. Shout out to the minor comic relief of Zayden's facial expressions during the whole argument because same Zayden, same. Zayden has that like two confessionals this whole episode and he's like one of my top favorite characters so that we have seen so far. So love him. But yes. I agree. It was very uncomfortable to watch. It was not, it was not fun moment, but I think it was necessary to show that there is a reason that this happened and like you know people that normally can get terrible edits like Prajay having this argument with Meg there's a reason why this argument happened it's not there's layers to this and there's things that happened throughout the day that escalated to this argument and I think Prajay while he says later that he maybe would have changed some of the ways that he reacted in the moment I think he was in the right to be upset with everything that transpired and whereas Meg was reacting wrong at every possible turn and she wanted to be the victim or she wanted to be the savior there was no in between there was no no empathy for anyone other than herself in that moment she wanted to have a moment where she could be an ally but when she had to do anything that wasn't performative she lashed out at someone that she thought she could get away with lashing out as i think to your point gia what we also see is that uh, meg never listens she never yes. She literally, she literally tells Kenneth, stop talking. Um, but when she hears Praje in the beginning of the episode talk about uh, how he feels, she overreacts. She is very elaborately upset for him. And I don't think she ever really understands the root of 
why he feels disappointed in his model. Um, and then in this moment when she's confronted, she won't listen to anybody. And I think that this is, again, why I feel no pity for Meg, and I'm very glad that she quit the show, is because she wouldn't listen to anybody. She wouldn't listen to anybody telling her why they were upset with her or what uh, what Kenneth was kind of saying, which is like, look, we don't have to do this. And it was disappointing to say the least, especially to see the only person on the season who is actively representing plus size women, but there's no excuse. You don't get to um, say these things to people. She keeps, I th she keeps saying like, oh, it's about fucking race. Like she really, really repeats a lot of rhetoric that any other person who would say it would be immediately called racist. And I actually think that it took a lot of restraint from Prajay and Kenneth to not say that to her because I think it would have just set her off even more. And they, you could tell that Prajay knew that he was not going to ever get anywhere with Meg. He was really just defending Kenneth in a way that I thought was very important. Poor Kenneth. Poor Kenneth. He really got the brunt end of it this episode. And I feel bad because it threw him off his game. And honestly, I would have been disappointed. I don't know how you guys feel. I would have been disappointed if this look sent Kenneth home after what happened this episode. But I mean, that hat was so ugly. <laughs> I know that. But he just went through an emotionally traumatizing day. I was kind of hoping that there would be a non-elimination after everything happened. I'm glad we got to see all the looks. I'm glad that we got the same critiques and everything and that we did have a winner. I'm very happy with how all of that turned out, but I would have also been very sad if Kenneth went home. I'm really sad that we actually didn't get to see his Crazy Rich Asians jacket in this because I was very excited for it, but it was it was just, it was not his day. It was a very, I think it was a very emotional day for all of them. It's emotional for us just to be talking about it. But yeah, I think this this was just rough all the around and there are really no winners coming out of this episode because no one wants to have this be a part of their Project Runway experience. They're already getting this amazing opportunity. One thing I think that is good about Project Runway is I don't think that this will come up again. Um, I think that oh, yeah. Meg is out of the show and Project Runway is just going to move on. And uh, if Prajay wants to talk about it, if any of the other designers maybe talk about it in a confessional, I'm sure that will happen. But the judges aren't going to talk about it. Um, it's not like a Jeff Probst where he's going to like, let's have a conversation. Like they're going to move on, wipe their hands clean of it. And we don't get any more Meg this episode. Meg quits. Good riddance. Uh, call and, an and, ambulance call an ambulance but not for me <laughs> well and not only that as nicole as you said the bra was dirty yeah i have so many things i want to say about this like i don't like to pile on someone when they're down but as someone who wore bandos all through middle school underneath my um the t-shirts that i would cut the sleeves out of wear a nice bra underneath i feel like that would just it would elevate the outfit if you wore I don't know, even a black bra. You, if you saw the episode, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, there was a great Reddit comment, I think, to conclude Meg's story that I read. Uh, Meg did exactly what a lot of white women do. They say and do foul shit and a person of color calls them out and they run their asses away crying and playing the victim. Now everyone's gonna look at Prajay as the big bad black man that made a poor white woman cry. Give me a fucking break. 
She was being very performative and fake and wanted to look like an ally, probably for her brand when she really wasn't. I was glad Chastity called her out on it. And I am glad also that all the other designers, while they don't necessarily get into the argument because I don't think it is their argument to get into it, they're all there to continuously call Meg out on her bullshit. You will not be missed, Meg. And uh, she should have gone home last episode anyways, because that dress was so fucking ugly. So it's great. Uh, honestly, look, I, I, as much as I wish there were plus more people who are specifically plus size designers in the competition, if those are her plus size designs, I don't think she's a plus size designer. I think she is uh, a designer. Um, it's giving I, me very much Liam Bryant 2021 <laughs> spring collection. And that is nothing against Lane Bryant. It, it, it actually offends me that Lane Bryant is still in business with, with how bad it's holding back plus size fashion. Have you guys seen that's my sponsorship? Have you guys seen like the TikToks that are going around that are like my mother dressing me in business casual when I was 12 because I was a little chubby? That's what not to work core right there. What not to wear core. Oh, I'll fuck up the joke. Lane Bryant agenda. The Lane Bryant agenda, the, the Torrid Lane agenda industrial complex. <laughs> Sorry, I, I keep fucking up my words. Those would have been really funny jokes if I said the right words. Trust I me on that. I apologize if Lane Bryant was ever going to sponsor us. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Mm, Could have well, been our big break. Uh, Chico's were still open. Uh, just shoot me a DM. Um, <laughs> so Kenneth has decided to pivot to this patchwork design based on what happened in the workroom. Honestly, I, I feel very bad for Kenneth because this patchwork design is an interesting concept if the patches weren't so hideous. Because unfortunately, everybody has decided to play with color and neons and brightly whatever. And uh, he, the, we'll get to it, but his, his design looks like it fell off somebody at a rave and then somebody else ripped the sleeves off and then picked it up and put it back on. Um, but I, I like the idea of the concept. I mean, what are you gonna do? Make it, I'm sorry, I love the jacket. I really wish she kept the jacket. Like make the patchwork like a purse or a hat or something. Like it does not have to be the entire ensemble. I understand his reasoning behind it. And he obviously had a very emotional day, but no, Kenneth, or save it for another challenge. I don't know, just don't, you know, I understand the, what he was trying to do, but I wanted to see his original idea. Me too, especially after everything that happened, I felt bad that Tuck not only had, I think that was his name, he had to not only deal with having Meg as the first designer, but then having to wear that directitude down the runway, especially when he had cooler pieces, like the pants were, well, we'll get into it when we critique, but there were many, many areas left to be desired by um, that, I guess it would be like crossing guard chic that he was presenting. I think that's a good way to put it. Well, let's just jump straight into it, right? Uh, we got a runway to talk about. It is part of oh, yeah, First up, we have Aaron, lovely Aaron, who we got, did we, we got a little bit more from him. Aaron was really worried this whole episode that uh, he wasn't creating the right sort of look. He wanted to put like a, a a jersey number on the back of his sweater, but at the end of the day, he was paying homage to his Midwestern sort of football varsity roots. And with the high heel Tims, what a look this is. I loved it. My top two of the week, I loved it, Aaron. What did you guys think? 
I mean, we already talked about how much we loved him last week when we were all upset that he was not in the top three designs. I absolutely loved his look. I loved his story too about wearing football jackets, but not playing football, relatable. But I love the look, I love the jacket. This is probably the outfit closest to just what I would pick out to wear for myself. Mm -hmm. I thought it was beautiful and I'm really happy we got more Aaron screen time. And I think he's gonna just be on a high trajectory from here. So I was all for it and yeah, loved everything about it. And I didn't realize that the jacket was reversible but I do like that he started with the yellow. Yeah, no, I love this outfit so much. It's like Curious George if um, he was like going to like the new kids drop like in Soho. Like very chic, love the styling. This model, whoever Aaron has is so chic. I love the overalls. It's so sexy. He has such a great understanding of what this challenge was about. It's wearable. He understood the assignment. Absolutely. And also this sort of sweater underneath, I think, uh, something that isn't really discussed too much, like this sweater that's underneath. I feel like sweaters, especially right now, are super trendy. Um, and people love this like very thick cable knit. The flannel on the outside, um, this styling is so great. The raw denim that we can see on like the sort of belts. Like there's so much about this that I think speaks to uh, a very young audience. And it's like, you know, you know that a designer does a good job when the model that they're designing for actually looks their age and not like probably 10 years older. And that's what Aaron has managed to achieve with this look. And up next, the, the face mask, uh, jumpsuit, Catwoman at uh, the gardens uh, look from Anna. What, what do you think, Gia? <laughs> I actually really liked it. I think I might be biased towards Anna and things that she does because mm -hmm. I also really liked her look last week. I have my favorites just already planned out in my head, but I really like the look. I wish more people did that same type of silhouette, not with the skirt as much, but I liked like the final reveal with taking that piece off and it being like the long sleeve top or like crop top and the pants, the hood's a little weird, but I will pick my battles with this. I thought it was really cool. And I really like the fabric with it as well. It might not be the first thing I think of with streetwear, but I enjoyed it. Okay, that was exactly the point I was going to make. It's very cool, very chic. Um, I wish I had the abs to wear this look, but is it streetwear? I don't know. It kind of looks like if you combined Kim Kardashian's look from the Met this year with the couch look, it's like that fabric with that this silhouette like, and it's cool. I love a reveal. Very RuPaul's Drag Race. We see that um, the model throws the tool off, but... Um, and, and Brandon know, Maxwell, not, king of the reveals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just not giving me... Uh, it's not giving me streetwear, but it's definitely a passable look. Like, to put this in the top over some of the other looks would not have made sense in my eyes. But with my fantasy, it's cute. Yes. I think it, it makes sense that this wasn't in the top four. It was the... Four good four designers that were the favorites this week. I understand it, and it was probably because of that reason that it it's not as streetwear as the other top top looks were. But I still mm -hmm. like it. If it was like any other challenge, I'd be like, yes, yes, honey, yes, tens, yeah, tens, tens, tens across the board. Yes, 
I also think if you if you go back and look at this, the model that Anna has has like uh, bobby pins all around her crown and sort of like they're all pushing the hair back and it's very beautiful. It is really beautiful styling. Again, it's not streetwear, but it is like really cool. And I do think that in some ways it is streetwear, right? Like Fashion Nova is probably going to go rip this off in a little bit, but this is like streetwear on your night out and it's not like hey i'm also going to go to work and then go out in this like this is this is for one time of day and it's not um it's not when you're on the sidewalk and everybody can see you in broad daylight um and then we go to bones who is immune this episode it is a bones day for project runway every day is a bones day this is some shorts a crop top a jacket and the jacket says dream on the back. We've got some pockets, some vinyl shoes. I don't know what to make of this look. So I'm just going to ask the audience, what do you guys think? Whoa, those shoes are fugly. Um, remember last week when I said that Bones, I did not like that uniboob situation. Mm -hmm. He's on thin ice. Uh, yeah, not uh, the most flattering top. But I love the colors. I think the cape is cool. It's definitely three pieces. A lot of people did not really make like three distinct pieces like he did. So mm -hmm. I think um, definitely would be safe if he didn't have immunity. But um, let's let's steer away from the crop tops bones. Uh, there's plenty of other things we can do on women. Like I mentioned before, my lower stomach is not really um, in the right place for a fit like this. But um, commendable effort. I feel like I like all of these pieces separately. Like the top could probably go very nicely with some high-waisted pants. The shorts could probably go good with something else. It's definitely streetwear. I agree. The I'm sorry, Bones. I still I still hold you high in my regards, but I'm not a fan of the shoes at all or the little. They look like fins in this picture mm. as the and the uh on the forearms but not a fan of those but i think it's definitely streetwear and it definitely fits the challenge requirements of the three pieces and there is some potential in there so i would say it would probably be safe yeah so but those are fins yeah it's they like do look streetwear like fins from yeah. this angle streetwear to swimwear like it's a very versatile look it's like you're going to the Ooh. club and then you want to swim across the east river home because the Future l train challenge. isn't running Streetwear, swimwear, I'd watch that. Well, it, it reminds me of Katya All-Stars 2, not to bring us back to an era, but it reminds me of when Katya wore that sort of latex, sort of vintage, uh, almost like vintage swimwear looking outfit because this, this sort of cap on the head, I guess I understand that it's fashion, but I can't say that in the city of New York, I see many people wearing this sort of head garment that's like very tight to their head and covers up um, a majority of a person's head with fabric when it isn't just for the intention of modesty. I feel like I don't see this very often in fashion, um, especially with a crop top. Like it's such a weird way to cover up like the arms, but then the stomach is showing. I guess I'm like, <laughs> I'm perplexed by the way that skin is being utilized in this garment. I like the peekaboo in the actual crop top, but then to cover up her forearms is so strange to me. I don't know. There's something that's very odd about the entire uh, decision-making process in this look. And the pants are very 
uh, let's go on a safari and I don't like them. And I don't, I think that actually the band is actually quite flattering, but the uh, silhouette is not flattering. And, and yeah, it's, it's just an ugly fashion. khaki. It's just khaki. Yeah, it's not a very pretty color. But yeah, I, no, I was going to make a joke about negative space, but we, we went past that moment. <laughs> We've had enough negative space this episode. <laughs> Literally. Were you going to say something, Gia? I didn't want to move on unless you want to say something. Oh, I think it's covered. It's been all covered. And she <laughs> is not. She is not. Not in, not in the stomach. So moving on to an interesting silhouette that I really liked. We have Chastity's. Oh, we have Chastity's look, um, which is, uh, I would, okay, um, this is my best stab at it. I think it's three pieces. I believe it's a top, a jacket, and a pant. Um, and it is sort of a leather top, a sheer, very structured jacket, and this pair of pants that has a humongous ruffle on the side. I think lovely silhouette, lovely design. Honestly, I think the biggest mistake of this design is it is it's in all black. And if there's one thing that uh, RuPaul's Drag Race has taught me is that black does not appear on the runway as good as every other color. And I honestly think that this is a very, very successful look from Chastity. And if she had done it in a different color, I think it would have been like a smash hit. Um, Nicole, what do you think? And I think it would have been streetwear if it was in another color. Like, it's so gorgeous, but I could wear this um, to work to a funeral. And, and that ruffle is really great. You could probably hide some good contraband in there. Um, right into the into your side. Very easy. You know, sneak a flask in there. But um, I can see why the judges uh, didn't pull her aside for comments. Because it's not anything new. Because it's in all that black. You can't really even appreciate all the cool little details she did. Because they all blend together. I am so salty that this was not in the top. Is it streetwear because of the color? I can see why there's an argument that it is not, but it is gorgeous. I definitely like it better than Christina's look, who is in the top, which I'm sure we will get to. But I loved this look, and I'm glad that we are seeing more of chastity in her element now that we're not doing dreadful team challenge with bows. So I am a big fan of this. I think this is very cute. I agree about the color though. I think that would be my one big, like, all right, you need to, something needs to be a different color. And it's really, it is a completely successful look in black, but I think if you want to make it youthful, you got to go with color in this instance um, because it just adds the extra layer. Um, even if you're just kind of tricking, you know, the brain of the judges, right? It, it makes the judges perceive it as more youthful and more exciting. Um, and I actually think that is a lot of what Project Runway is in some ways, is, is sort of gaming what the judges are going to say about your garment. Up next we have, what is the product of one of the switches? We have Coral um, designing uh, an outfit for the Matrix, uh, fourth, the fourth Matrix movie. And I think it's uh, fine. This is a perfectly suitable outfit for this challenge and deserve to be in the middle unless anybody says otherwise, but uh, what do you guys think? No, this is like middle tier for me. It's fine, I think it's nice. There are parts of it that I really like. It's all black like chastity. So I feel like it has that same struggles that we talked about in that probably could have used some things to be a pop of a different color, but it's fine. I don't think having a different model would have changed anything for her, but in this look, 
and yeah, it's middle, middle tier for me. Yeah, big mid, big mid energy with this look. I love the macrame. It's like the macrame matrix. I think there's cool elements, but yeah, it's fun. The macromatrix, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I think that um, designing in all black, I think, is one of the easiest things to do. Um, and and this this I say as a person who wears all black a lot because it's easy. And so I think that it is more impressive for some of these designers who took a risk. Uh, not all of it paid off but went with brighter, bolder colors in order to stand out from the competition. And some succeeded and some did not, um, but that's okay. We'll talk about them anyways, um, because here we have somebody who did not succeed. We have poor Darren again. This is going on to the next page. Poor Darren, he tried his darndest to make an e-boy and instead he made, um, if uh, Highlander uh, also went to raves, what what an atrocious outfit! And if Kenneth's patchwork didn't exist and Meg didn't quit, uh, Darren, you would have gone home for this one. Uh, oh, the mesh top! I just can't. I can't with this look. No, I think I think it was Nina that said that during the critiques but he needed to do some type of editing in here because some of these pieces could possibly succeed on separate looks or he just put way too many ideas together it does not work I don't know why the mix match ended up the way that it did I don't understand putting these pieces together I don't understand spray painting the jacket when he's also doing all this other stuff going on it's definitely three pieces. I will give him that. That's my compliment for this look, but it is just too many things just being thrown on. If, if this really feels like he just like threw things together at the last minute for like, all right, I have this from, I have this kilt type thing and a jacket that I could throw some paint on and a mesh top. And let's see what happens when we, when we throw it all together. Yeah, there's cool elements of this, but it's just too much. Like, I learned from a very young age that sometimes before you walk out the door, you have to take off one accessory. And luckily for Darren, this guy's wearing like six puka shell necklaces so he could take off one of them. So yeah, the, the kilt looks like it was kind of like he walked through like a weed whacker before walking on the runway. And the mesh top is very 2014. Uh, I'm just being mean, but not the best low-key kind of wish they threw the rules out the door because I'm kind of sick of this. Oh, oh my God. The zoom in of the puka shells, just like I, my yeah. soul died a bit when I saw that. It was just, oh, it was cringy and it upset me. And this is essentially Darren's debut into the competition and it is <laughs> not a good look for him right now. No, I would not be shocked if Darren is the next to go um, not to mention, first of all, I, first of all, okay, I will say this. One, it's not just the design is bad. I think the color choices are particularly heinous in this design and the styling is really heinous. First of all, if you notice, he actually has like a tight that's going down one leg. Um, I hate a one leg bare, one leg, ex uh, one leg covered situation. 
it's like the girls that you took dance classes with who were like, oh, actually, I'm like wearing my sweatpants in a funky way. It's like, we get it. You actually, your mom actually pays for your dance lessons. Like, leave me alone. Um, but this, the pink, the gold, the ugly yellow waistband on the skirt, and then a red and green checked plaid is like, it's, it's all heinous. What I do have to say is what I did appreciate about this challenge in general is that they gave them access to male models and non-binary models, which gave, I think, all the designers more freedom. I almost wish that they would have made it so that there was a larger pool than there were designers. So if, let's say, everybody wanted to work on more masculine body types, they could do that. Or if they wanted to work on more feminine body types, they could do that. It just sort of depended on what they want to do. I mean, we see Bones works with the same model again this time. Um, and it's very evident that the favorites are starting to come out. Um, but I did appreciate that about this challenge that they knew that streetwear is a sort of design aesthetic for everybody and therefore it should be reflected in the models used. Um, let's jump on over to Katie's look. Katie, who I wanted to see more of, and then uh, she she said, okay, Naomi, I know you want to see a lot more, so here you go. But I, I also, I don't hate this that much. I hate it a little bit. But I think it's just because it's not, it's also not a tailored idea. Um, I think the most heinous thing about this look is is actually the cut of the pants and the, the, way, the way that the pants hit the the models like calves, I think is is not flattering. Um, Nicole, what do you think? Did you did you adjust your TVs to the colors now that it gave you she gave you bars and tones? Now this is camp. This look is looking <laughs> camp right in the eye. Carly Kloss, where like, are you? Literally, she should she should be here. This is she should take notes based <laughs> off of this look. It's remember last week how I made the joke about how kindergarten teachers everywhere are freaking out. Like she said, I'm going to give the girlies everything they want and I'm going to make something so much more heinous. Like I could see like my 90 year old librarian. Is that like wearing a, she's like a, wearing a vest. I feel like that's a very um, cat lady vest, but I get she's a fabric designer. So she said, let's pick all the fabrics and see what I can do, which is definitely more than I'm not going to bring her back into this Miss Beige, what she was going to do. So hmm Thank you so much. And I did want to see more of Katie too. It just this this looks like if Miss Frizzle was choosing what streetwear would look like. Like this does look like what a kindergarten teacher would say is streetwear. Like I can think of several people right now who would say, no, that's a that's a cool streetwear look with the high-waisted hot pink pants and the I don't even know what to call the fabric on the, the blue striped shirt or whatever. It it upsets me. I hate the best. I feel like my favorite part of this is the pants because I think it could be cool with other things, but this is just like, it's so out of left field with what I have come to picture as streetwear. So I just, it, this upsets me and Katie girl, God, God damn girl, get a grip. I need, I need her to, she seems very nice and I want her to stay for longer because I do think she has a point of view. Like I could I, this would probably be what I picked as her look based on what little we know about her if I didn't know who did what. So I just I just need her to get it together, Katie, because this was rough. This was rough. 
And yeah. I liked your little intro package this episode too. So like Katie girl, I need, I need you to snap out of it. This look, I actually, I hate the shoes too. The shoes are heinous in yeah. with this. So the, the look that she's done, it, it's this really colorful sort of fur vest on top of a sort of collared shirt on top of another collared shirt uh, with some sort of middle of middle of the body overall pants to go on top and it's just too much i actually really like the sort of sweater vest she made but it it it's just too chaotic of a look i do think that you definitely would see somebody on tiktok wearing this um somebody who is like i painted my whole bedroom walls purple and put neon stickers on it because I love, I don't know, like this, this is a lot of an aesthetic, but I do, I'm curious to see where Katie goes because she is a, a fabric designer and not, she said she only sews for herself, which to me sounds like she was cast to go home early. So we will see. Um, Wait, you know who would love her looks though? Sarah Beth. But actually, though, oh, listen, yeah. if Katie starts getting uh, cutthroat a la Sarah Beth, I will, I will be requesting her to stay. So I, I'm living for that drama if it comes to fruition. No, it's in the haircut. That's why her hair is so big. It's full of secrets. <laughs> the bangs. Uh, well, folks, we're moving on to Kenneth's look. Finally, I something mean... to talk about. I mean, I love that all of the bottom three looks were all right after one right after another. Yeah, you can get them all out of the right now. Wait, the gloves are giving me like Hulk hands, like you know those Hulk smash hands you would get from Toys R Us. Yeah. So when I was younger, when I was like four or something, I had chicken pox, and my mom made me put socks on my hands so that I wouldn't scratch myself, and that is what those mittens are giving me it's just like giving me flashbacks to when I was four and it upsets me I'm sorry and I wanted it was triggering it was it was very rough and I uh I I wanted Kenneth to do well after everything that has transpired this challenge but oh my god this was just this was a mess the episode was a mess, so I guess it's reflective of that. And I just wish he went with his original idea because at least with that, we would have had more of his point of view instead of what really feels like a last minute reaction to everything that transpired. And I know it's more complex than that, but it's just, it's upsetting. And I really wish he went with the original the original look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and he wears it on the runway, too. He wears this beautiful sort of, like, silken robe that's got a very interesting print um, and is a very interesting sort of bronze color. And you just are like, oh, my God, like, why? Why, Kenneth, why? Um, I mean, there's nothing uh, there's nothing really to say about this look. I think that the patchwork idea is interesting if the fabrics aren't so hideous. Um, it It really looks... Like, I don't even have words for it. And then, like, the harem pants are ugly, too. Like, there's something about, like, a weird, like, structured um, harem pant with the very big legs that is just also incredibly ugly uh, and very rarely, I think, works. In particular, does not work when you cut it at the calf. And I hate these shoes. 
does anybody else hate these kinds of shoes? These shoes that are like, they're, you know, Balenciaga has been doing them, the sort of slip on sneakers that sort of like go up. But it looks like you like sort of stuck your foot into like a sneaker mold, right? I hate these. Yep. I yeah. see that. That's they exactly feel like what water like. shoes and sneakers combined. Yes. Not Thank man. you. I hate them. I can't stand them. Uh, especially when it like just wraps around your skinny little ankle and like, I, I don't like it. Um, poor Kenneth. Kenneth would have gone home uh, had it not been for uh, Bye Meg. Um, and we move on to Christina, who was in the top, one of the top four. Um, it's this is four like out of four. This is like you decided to put all of your mom's aprons and dish towels on and run around the house is what I would describe this look as. I was in such a rage. I didn't even check my microphone, but no, I don't like this look. I does not read streetwear to me. It looks more like matronly beachwear. I am not a fan of it. I don't understand how it was in the top four, let alone not in the bottom. Does not read any she did not understand the assignment and this isn't just because I'm still mad about the sewing machine incident last week but I I have not forgotten either but I feel like there were other looks that fit the challenge requirements better and they didn't even need to have a top four in the first place so I just don't understand why this was as high as it was because it didn't meet the challenge requirements and I don't actually feel like it has like a point of view the way that other designers had their point of view. I understand her story that she said during this challenge and everything, but it was just, it just was not, I could go on. It's just, it was just not, in my opinion, a top four look. It's just too much going on. I, I you know, you have to get three pieces in and all three pieces were very big and bulky. It somehow still makes the model look very good in spite of it all maybe the model's just hot um the the even like with the hat covering the face it's still sexy but also like sexy in um I'm wearing like a gingham print lab coat kind of way also and you can't really wear that in a lab because those sleeves are definitely a fire hazard no and I find okay what I will say about this print combo that I actually really like. I think it is a very interesting idea to combine check with stripe. They're a little off each other in terms of light blue. And it is this really interesting balance that made me think about like um, how you can play different fabrics off each other. If I have a blue striped shirt and a blue check, you know, jacket or whatever. But the, the angles of the way that the fabric is sort of like combined, we can see in our photo that it's a lot of like horizontal, uh, Pat, like the lines are all going in different ways in a way that is honestly too confusing to the eye. Um, I and I also she, I think it's a purse that's on her other shoulder. I was watching the runway again and I couldn't really tell what this other thing is. I think it's a purse. It might be like another sleeve, this sort of flowery fabric. It was just a little too confusing to me for me to consider this to be a, a very successful, fashionable look. I thought it was just too much of a hot mess express to, to make it into the top four. And I was really surprised. I actually would have put um, maybe even something like uh, Sabrina's or uh, Chantal's in there rather than this look, because I think they were both more interesting ideas. And then we uh, go to a look before that 
from someone who barely, I think, skirted the bottom, uh, this is Halloween. It's Octavio's look. I mean, spooky candy corn chic. What else is there to say? <laughs> it's, I, I don't like this look. I can understand it. I guess it meets the requirements of the challenge. Um, I expected more from Octavio. I thought this would... I thought this could be something where, especially with how well he did last challenge, that this could have been a challenge that he really excelled at or really used some of his bold colors and creativity to his advantage. And it just, the colors feel very muted. There's not, there's not anything that I'm like a huge fan of in this. There's some pieces that work, but like, I feel like they would be better on a separate challenge. I'm just not, not a fan of this now. So I have one really good look from Octavio and then one not so great look. Yeah, like this is actually giving me crossing guard chic. Like the little skirt. I would wear that if I had to like work an early 7 a.m. shift on the street. Like it seems like you would be very warm. The docks are probably good, you know, out in the out in the field. But is this fashionable? I'm not sure. I think it's a trying a little too hard. I also think that um, the one most interesting part of this, first of all, the silver Doc Martens are hilarious. But the the one interesting thing about this is the face mask, sort of bandana, mesh bandana with the the stripe of um, safety pins across it. I actually think this would be more interesting if you clipped sort of scattered safety pins across it. But when the most interesting part of your look is the bandana that you made, it's not a successful look. But I do think at the very least, what I admire about this is Octavio is playing with a lot of uh, interesting silhouettes of garments. And I can always respect that. Um, and I can always respect just loving Halloweens and traffic cones, which apparently Octavio does because that's what this look is. We go on to Prajay. Prajay's winning look this is uh, a gray sort of tunic um, underneath. Oh no, it's a, it's a gray sort of tank top tunic. There is a jacket on top that he hand paints uh, with lovely, he has hand painted and then it is a cool, I guess a cool pair of pants. I don't know, this is a very cool outfit. I actually have to say my favorite part of this is, is the pants because they have this really, um, they have the year on it but the year is designed in such a way that it almost looks like it should be a logo. It almost looks like uh, your eyes mistake it for a graphic and it's so well done and very intricately sort of the numbers really intertwined with each other. And I think it's a, a beautifully balanced garment and the outfit as a whole is really successful. And I understand why this garment won. So when I was in AP world, we learned that like the Haitian revolution was like in 17, like I, I don't, I don't remember 1804. So that just shows you how good our um, American education system is, but this is fierce. I love it. I love the, the pops of color. Like when I see this walking down, like if I saw someone wearing this, when they were walking down the street, I would want to know what they're wearing. I mean, it completely understood every part of the challenge, making a top, a jacket, a pants that all go together, especially with so many um, graphic elements like the painting on the back, um, the graphic on the on the leg of the pants combined with the yellow color. He did a very good job. This is very tasteful and it shows yeah, great level of taste. Prajay, 
Prajay understood the assignment from beginning of episode to end. I am so glad that this is the look he turned out. I'm glad that he got the model that fit what the message he was trying to uh, make known through his runway look. I love everything about this. This is when I think of streetwear from the looks that we are given, this is immediately the one that I would say is streetwear. I love the mix of the colors. The jacket's gorgeous. The sneakers are perfect for the Converse type sneakers are perfect for what the challenge is. I think it all goes very well together. I am so happy that this is the look that won. And I'm very happy that we got a designer that was making clothes with this message and in recognition of certain cultural events that uh, that was a story that he was able to transcend into his clothes and that it was a look that one. But I think this was perfect for this challenge. I actually think the top three, and I know we're gonna talk about the other part of the, of the last of the top looks later, but I think uh, Zayden, Prajay, and Aaron all did incredibly well. And I'll probably be thinking about these looks for weeks, but absolutely stunning. I, I also totally agree with you, Gia, on like the shoes. Like, I think this is the one of the other best styled looks of the runway. Um, the way that the model's hair is really put up in this sort of like yes. updo, I guess, like is really, the hair. it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> to me, like an updo is like, I don't know, like this is it's such a, like a woman's hair phrase, but I guess men can have updos too. Like everybody can have it up. Yeah, I, I love the styling with this too. I think it's perfect for the challenge and for the look that he was doing, that he was doing. It gives me luxury streetwear and I love it. Yes. I also think that the tunic, because we see the tunic sort of separately earlier in the episode. Um, I, I call it a tunic because it, it really is just kind of like a really long uh, shirt <laughs> in a lot of ways, but it is a really interesting um like base right and and i have a lot of respect for the designers who made a very interesting but very basic base to build off of because you see zayden also has a very interesting base um and aaron does too with the white sweater like they know how to layer up but also show all of the beautiful layers that they've created versus somebody like darren uh making a mesh uh t-shirt <laughs> I do want to say also the the hand painting that he did on the jacket was gorgeous and adding in the last minute touch of the uh the person crying blood i forget the name of the goddess that he was trying to emulate in it but it was i think that was absolutely gorgeous and i don't know if i could do the painting itself in two days let alone an entire outfit and the painting so it was very nice mm -hmm. Well, look who we have here. She's pulled herself out of the bottom. It's Miss Sabrina with um, orange straps. Uh, I actually think the, the uh, color on this look is very nice. Um, while, even though it's a little bit intense, I think that she has played with some yellows in here that also, and some beiges that make it not just an orange uh, extravaganza. Um, I do think that there is this thing, I don't know what it is with streetwear where people go, okay, I'm just gonna add a bunch of straps. And I just think about how if I tried to wash this garment, I would be really worried about all those straps like getting tangled up on my other clothes and like 
getting messed up in different ways. Okay, what what is it about straps that make it very streetwear? Because I don't seem to understand it. Do you remember like when the off-white belts were like a huge trend a couple of years ago? Off-white belts? Okay, I guess I'm just way too ahead on fashion for the both of you. All right, hang but, on, like, Googling it, I'm Googling are... it. No, this was definitely a very big thing because Fashion Nova ripped them off. Um, but yeah, I, I totally see uh, what uh, Sabrina was trying to do here. And I think I just respect how bold she is with these uh, color choices. I think that it needs to be uh, definitely, uh, I would have put this in the top. I think these are, it's really cool. Other people aren't doing this. Who's doing it like Sabrina? Not, not Doc Video. Yeah. too. Sabrina, I think also understood the assignment and I'm kind of sad that after the week she had in the premiere that we didn't get to see more of her this episode. I get that a lot went on and that she wasn't in the top, but I think she should have been in the top over Christina. So just going to put that out there as my non-professional opinion, but I really like this look. The orange is just giving me energy and I love it and I just feel like my day has been a little brightened by looking at it. The model is gorgeous. And I think the she comp, the look complements her very well. And I wish we saw more of her this episode because I would have loved to have heard the story behind it. And yeah, I just wish we saw a little bit more that, but I love this look. I think it's gorgeous. Yes, I think that this is, it's a perfect like it's a great color and it's a great color on the model's skin tone and it like really works as a piece of fashion I think much more so than a lot of the rest of these outfits um and I think the styling is also really well this is actually the first look I've seen in flats um where a female presenting model is in flats that I haven't hated the flat choice. Um, so I think that that is successful in and of itself um, because I, it, something very visceral about wearing flats uh, on Project Corner that I seem to hate and I don't know what it is. Um, and here we have Chantal. Uh, oh, also Gia, I very much agree with you. I love Sabrina as a character and I wanna hear more from her. Mm-hmm. We have Chantal. She has made uh, some big old pants, a top that has like a, um, you, uh, has bunched in the middle because you pull on a cord and then press the little button on the-, the Like a drawstring. Drawstring and, yeah. uh, and a jacket. Um, this is a snooze fest to me. Nicole, what do you, it looks like waiters almost. Nicole, what do you think? My favorite part about this outfit was the fact that um, Chantal made a matching shirt for herself. Yes, <laughs> did you see I that? did like that. And it, and it was probably cuter than this look. Um, yeah, this is just boring. We were clowning on other people for being um, boring with their beige styles, but this is a shirt that you can find in Fashion Nova. Of course, she's a, a good tailorer, so you can see in the details that things, it's a very well-made look, but not particularly interesting. Like I like Chantal. Um, I liked her more as a character in the first episode because we saw a little bit more of her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a little bit more to be desired, but um, definitely mid. Yeah, I think the top is actually just bothering me with the rest of the look. Like it needs to be on something else or with something else because it's just not, it's not giving. I kind of like the jacket. 
but that's about it. Everything else I just feel like feels kind of mis mismatched. It's fine, but it's definitely the safest of the safe looks in terms of what the challenge was. And I actually, even though I was saying before, I wish the all black looks had some color to it. I actually kind of prefer those looks to Chantal's look for this challenge. And I agree with Nicole too, that, you know, I really liked her as a character in the premiere. Um, and I liked her now, you know, there's nothing, she hasn't done anything to sway that opinion. It's just, there wasn't anything particularly memorable about it. I, it was fine. It was a fine look. Yes, I would say that Chantal right now is sort of on the lower tier of designers I want to see more from. Like, Chantal has not proven to me that I should be like looking forward to what she creates next, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And finally, we have Zayden. Um, Zayden has made green pants and there is a sort of gray, white top and I think the pants are like, I, they have straps on it that almost make it seem like the pants are connected to the shirt. I can't tell. And then I would say very impressively makes a camo with orange lining jacket on the back to say their names. And uh, I'm really impressed by the jacket. I think this is really hard to do um, in such a short period of time and have it be, I think, innovative and fashionable. I don't see a lot of jackets like this. And I've been in New York for a lot of winters now. And I've never really seen a jacket like this. Gia, what do you think? Love Zayden. Loved his premiere look as well. I'm still thinking about it. But love, love, love Zayden's look. You could tell that he really put a lot of heart um, into this, this look and really took the assignment seriously him tearing up when he was getting positive feedback made me tear up and I feel like I'm going to tear up again because it was so emotional but you could see how happy he was that he was getting the this positive feedback when he didn't really get that moment to shine last episode so I'm so happy that he was able to make this look I think of all the men's wear looks from this episode this is probably the one that I think would be most accessible for like for men to be wearing for like any man to be wearing so I think this is like a very very nice look and I love the like pops of color with the orange with the darker greens and the camos and little pop of the off-white so it just everything goes so well together I think he really understands fashion and what looks good on different body types or what different people would want to wear what the average person wearing streetwear clothes would want to wear but still make it fashion and it just looks amazing I love it I understand why Prajay won over him and I think this was such a fantastic top tier of this episode because like I said earlier I'm going to be remembering Zayden, Praje, and Aaron's looks for a long time. They were absolutely stunning. That's a great jacket. Um, I would definitely, if I saw Natalie Cole wearing that jacket on the island and she was getting eliminated, I would definitely ask her to borrow this jacket. It looks very warm too, which is great. And like you said, Gia, the pops of color are very smart. The comp or I guess orange and green are not exactly uh opposites on the color wheel i'm not really an artist so don't quote me on that 
but I think that the the contrast is really cool. They're not um, two colors I would put next to each other normally. Um, and the hat, the styling is great. And it's clear that he made three strong pieces and not just a cop out on the third piece. Yeah, I mm-hmm. want to see what Angelina thinks of this jacket. I think she would be a huge fan. I would also blindside the iconic Natalie Cole for this jacket. Sorry, Natalie, but it's beautiful. Had to be said. I really think that like, the lining, first of all, it's always, you know, I think the sign of a really talented designer with good time management is somebody who can line things. And uh, obviously hems are very important, but we know lining is very important. And I think that if you look at the coat, um, it's got interesting details without being overwhelming. And then it tapers down to be longer in the back. Um, And I just think it's a really beautiful design. Uh, I wish that Zayden would make more coats for me specifically. I am in the market for a coat. So Zayden, who will not be listening to this, um, please have mercy on me and help me <laughs> get, a, get a coat for winter in New York City. Um, but I, I love the the color palette of Zayden's look. Oh, overall, I actually think that while there were some huge clunkers in this uh, runway, I think that the designers actually really brought a lot to the table um, and it was a very competitive episode. And that's what I really like to see on Project Runway is like people actually um, producing stylish things and not just like a cute dress and then seven ugly dresses, you know? Yeah, I think overall that this was a very, this was a very intense episode, but we still got some amazing looks out of it despite all of the drama that happened pre-Runway. I'm glad no one got sent home, even though a lot of people made looks that could have definitely sent them home if they were feeling particularly vicious this round. But there was a lot of heart that was put into this too. And the designs, you could tell people were really taking seriously, putting their personal touches or their experiences and their life into their work. And I thought we got some very gorgeous results as a, um, as a part of this. So Overall, very great episode. I hope we have something a little, little lighter next round, but it was still, there were still some great moments in there. No, I just am excited for a more positive future for Project Runway going in to episodes where we get a little bit of drama, but also more of those humor moments that we enjoy. This was kind of a heavy episode. Um, I'm glad we had a space to talk about it. Um, I definitely haven't been hearing these conversations. I'm not sure who's watching Project Runway besides us and our crew. So um, I'm excited that we were able to open this up. Absolutely. If you want to talk to us about Project Runway, you can tweet at Classic Legia, at Behind the Secret, at Naomi Calhoun, at Silent Podcasts. Um, and once again, thank you to Silent Podcasts for having us on their network. We appreciate you. Um, we will be back next week to talk about episode three, now it's Halloween. Octavio was a little too early um, with his garment, and he really should have been holding on to it for this week. I can't say that I've ever wanted to see it in Halloween fashion, but I guess we're here now. So uh, I'll see you guys next week to talk about some ooky, spooky looks. Thank you for listening, and always uh, make it work. Right? That's our, or. or it feels worse to be like, and maybe one day you'll be out of fashion. So I think make it work as a send off. <laughs> yeah, I gotta keep it positive. I like it. Thanks, guys. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.